0: Welcome to this week's podcast, Building Blocks of the Indian Economy. I'm your host, Amar Meni. Now in the last podcast, I put forth a little conundrum on education. See, teachers are supposed to teach students, but who will teach the teachers? Students will not learn very much with poor quality teaching, and teachers are themselves the products of an education system. Every teacher was once a student. This could be a vicious circle, a poor quality education producing a poor quality teacher who then imparts poor quality teaching on hapless students. Or to think about it another way, is it the chicken or the egg? Is a teacher a chicken or an egg? The producer of education or the result of education? Hmm, this all sounds quite puzzling. So let us take a closer look at the teaching profession in India, and we will try to solve the puzzle. Now there are close to 10 million teachers, about one crore teachers employed in India in about one and a half million schools. More than half of those teachers are in primary schools and about 60% work in government schools, only about a quarter or 26% to be precise, work in private schools. But in urban India, the ratio flips and more teachers are employed in private schools and less in government schools. In less developed states, about 80% of teachers work in rural areas. Now the Right to Education Act of the UPA era laid down pupil to teacher ratios of 30 to one at the primary school level and 35 to one at the high school level. On this count, India seems to be doing well. The average across all schools is 26. But I'm not sure this statistic can account for all the diversity in class sizes across all of India. High schools tend to have higher class sizes, upwards of 40 children in each class. The number of teachers in India did grow significantly, by about 5 lakhs in the 2010s, or a bit under 20% there are more than one lakh single teacher schools, and unsurprisingly, 90% of these are in rural areas. By some estimates, about three lakh schools have teacher vacancies, or about 20% of the total. The maximum number of vacancies are in Uttar Pradesh and Bihar, with significant numbers in Maharashtra, Karnataka, and West Bengal. Studies have shown that students learn best when the teacher is of the same caste, religion, and gender as them. Okay, an interesting finding, but I don't really think it shows us the way forward, unless we start organising classrooms in homogenous groups according to castes and religions and gender, which I don't think many people would agree to. There is a good gender balance in the teaching profession in India. About half of India's teachers are women, and half men. There do seem to be more women teachers in better performing states and lower proportions in some of the more backward states. There are also more women teachers in urban areas and in private schools. And women tend to be primary school teachers in greater numbers than high school teachers. Just about all of early childhood or preschool teachers are women, about 85%. The age profile in the teaching profession is relatively young with two-thirds of teachers under the age of 44. The median age is 38. Generally, teachers have to have finished secondary school to teach at the primary school level, have an undergraduate degree to teach high school, as well as have a diploma in teaching and pass the teacher eligibility test. Generally, about 80 to 90% of teachers in India are qualified according to these norms. In some states, they had to lower the bar to meet better teacher-pupil ratios according to the Right to Education Act, and then had to train the new recruits up in a somewhat ad hoc manner. Interestingly, most of the unqualified teachers are in private primary and secondary schools, as well as madrasas. Now we come to the status of teachers, a rather subtle and complex and ephemeral thing. See, we do respect teachers in Indian culture, both traditionally and today, but that tends to be more theoretical because material considerations come in the way. Teachers are, unfortunately, poorly paid, and so mixed in with that little bit of respect that they get in society are limits to their status based on their limited income. I should say, very interestingly, in countries like China and Russia, The status of a teacher is held by broader society to be equal to that of a doctor. A teacher equal to a doctor. It's quite incredible. I don't know if that is because of the communist background of both countries or whether it is something deeper in their cultures. Here in India, society equates the status of teachers with that of a librarian. So it may not be the occupation of choice, broadly speaking, but it is certainly a preferred occupation for women, both urban and rural, as well as youngsters in rural India and those generally from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. There is perceived to be a certain amount of flexibility in the job, long holidays, steady early work hours, ability to maintain a home work balance. Sometimes teachers, particularly women, do not want promotions because it might upset that balance at home. India has the highest rate of parents who would want teaching as a career for their child, perhaps reflecting that demographic, women and the rural poor for whom teaching is a desirable profession. Whilst teachers are among the lowest paid government workers, their salaries account for 90% of the education budgets of the states. Across the board, Private school teachers in all categories are paid lower salaries than government school teachers in India. In addition, in the private sector, about 90% of teachers do not receive the full array of non-salary benefits that the government school teachers do, such as provident fund contributions, maternity leave and health insurance. Now people in big city India tend to associate private schools with the most prestigious and moneyed institutions in their city. We all know the names, those dating back to the British era and some more modern Indian school networks. But private school in smaller towns and villages is generally something more like a teaching shop, often claiming to teach in the English medium or something like it, with poorly paid and poorly qualified teachers with little oversight or quality control. This brings us to the issue of teacher vacancies and teacher recruitment in the states. I've already cited the statistics about teacher vacancies. Just about every state has them in some measure. But the most chronic are in big northern states like Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. They also make regular headlines about the lacks maybe millions of teachers required. But some professors, notably Dutta and Kingdom, have questioned the regular headline and in fact claim that there are no such teacher shortages in India, just the misallocation of teachers between schools. See, the Right to Education Act sought to do away with single teacher schools, which are the norm in many isolated parts of the country, in many villages. And so there had to be at least two teachers, even at the tiniest schools, say at a school with only 20 students. So these tiny schools are being overmanned, whilst the second teacher could be better employed at bigger schools, where the demand is, where the students are, and could reduce class sizes. Now, the professors may have found an anomaly or a misallocation of resources, a hole in the statistics, but then they draw the conclusion that filling the million-odd so-called vacancies would put too much of a burden on the taxpayer That is, it would cost the government too much. Now this is where they lose me a little, because even if there should just be one teacher at a tiny village school and the second teacher redeployed to the bigger school, it does not necessarily follow that more teachers should not be hired anyway. Of all the rather uh, unnecessary things that state governments spend their money on, teachers' salaries is not one of them. See, teachers act as a multiplier in a human resource economy. The little student is inside the brackets. Outside the brackets is their teacher working on them like a multiplier. A value greater than one means they're increasing the child's knowledge, their capabilities, and a value less than one means they're decreasing them. So what we want to do is to send out lots of multipliers into our human resource economy. That brings us to the problems of teacher recruitment in India. Now, some states like Tamil Nadu and Madhya Pradesh have devised relatively transparent and smooth-functioning teacher recruitment systems, whilst others like Rajasthan and Punjab and Uttar Pradesh are much less transparent and rough functioning. But even in the better functioning systems, things can go wrong. Now, generally, because teacher recruitment happens in the state capitals, it is at the discretion of the state budget. And state governments often claim to be short of resources, cash strapped, and struggle to maintain current recruitment numbers, let alone increasing them. In the 2000s, there was a trend towards hiring contract teachers. but That seems to have eased off, with contract teachers generally finding a pathway towards being regularised. State politicians, MLAs, tend to see teacher recruitment as an instrument of patronage. They are the feudal lords who can graciously hand out teaching jobs to the grateful serfs. State after state has had some teacher recruitment scam or the other, most recently West Bengal. There can be leaks of exam papers for teacher qualifications, all sorts of malfeasance when putting together teacher recruitment lists, Candidates can take the matter to court, recruitment can fall behind by years. Even when a candidate does secure a position, it can be years before their papers are processed. The only real solution to this is a change of political mindset, a change in thinking from the feudal master handing the serf the gift of a teacher appointment and towards a mindset which sees investments in teachers as a major economic investment in human capital. But would hiring one million more teachers change education outcomes? The major conundrum is teacher accountability. We have all heard the damning statistics about learning outcomes in India. If we were to raise recruitment levels of teachers in India and pay better salaries, besides investing in better school infrastructure, would the learning outcomes be better? be better able to read, write, and calculate. Well, I do think that holding teachers accountable for learning outcomes is a good step. It has been tried in Madhya Pradesh. But what about on a nationwide scale? See, measuring those learning outcomes should be undertaken by the central government. That is a neutral and competent authority. And teachers should receive increments and bonuses based on the performance of their students. You should only feed the chicken if it is laying good eggs.